Eyes up, Guardians. We are live for episode 136 of the Conqueror's Corner podcast. Today is October the 26th. I am the Destiny Bad Boy, not Ryan Fox, here with my fire team, who all of you CCBs know by now. Jared? Yeah, we've got weapons upgrade slash nerf slash buff for season 23. Uh, we're going to go into that and a couple of currency changes that actually is probably beneficial to most players. And the Chronicler himself, Chad Ocero. We're going back to the long pods today with all the stuff that's going on, so be ready. And as a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch, thank you. But don't forget, you can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, click the bell, turn on notifications, yada, yada, yada. Follow us on Twitter at DestinyCCPod. Send us bungee friend requests so we can play games together and join the Discord server. Uh, we do have a lot to discuss. We had a info dump on Wednesday, a pretty crummy twid on Thursday. But before we get into that with Jared, let's listen to our intro music, which is brought to you by Link. You can find on Twitter at Link of Time G. Conquer's Corner, a Destiny podcast. Wow, Link. Awesome job. Thank you. Jared? All right. So, uh, weapons. Weapons tuning. When it's time to buff stuff, when it's time to nerf. Basically, five categories Bungie takes in the thought. Uh, first one is what is the intended role of the weapon? Two, what ammo type does the weapon use? Three, how safe is it to use the weapon? Four, how easy is the weapon to use? Five, how much damage per second does it do compared to the other options? So um, basically, anytime something's buffed or nerfed, if something in one of those five categories categories or a combination um gets answered and um so the example they give here is auto rifles um right now their um their intended role is falling into a place basically almost where hand cannons and pulse rifles is which as of right now hand cannons are winning out and um they're a little bit less impactful when it comes to smgs because smgs gotta get closer so, um, all that in mind, as of right now, they're going to bring up auto rifles here after a bit, but they just, it's just like, it's just walking the line and finding the area of auto rifles should be best, you know, around this 25 meters to 33 meters, uh, ease of use weapon and PVE is kind of what they're aiming at here. Um, one of the outliers that they kind of happened over the last few years is like weapon reloading and two of them in particular uh drang and zalu's bane like you can do the reload animation and whenever like the clips gets in it actually doesn't get the ammo to show up when that happens so they're fixing those two weapons 
as mentioned, auto rifles, they're getting a 10% buff in uh, PVE against red bars. So that's going, that's buffing exotics and legend, legendaries and everything else. So that's good there. Um, pulse rifles, kind of the same boat as auto rifles right now. They're they're second and third class in their attended ranges compared to hand cannons and those ranged out SMGs. So um, red bar and orange bar damage is getting buffed by 12.5% for pulse rifles. Whenever you guys reload, are you watching the animation or are you watching, <clears throat> do you just see out of the corner? Like I see out of the corner of my eye, the, the ammo counter change, like in the bottom left of the screen. Like I'm thinking about rockets. Like if we're doing DPS with rockets or something like that, or like sniper damage, like I'm not looking at the animation. What about you guys? Oh, I'm an animation guy for until it uh, screws me over like a gun like Tower Spain where I was intentionally waiting for the number of the chains instead of watching the, the mag go in. It, it like like Jared said, kind of mixed mixed bag there. Um, depends on the gun. Some of the guns, like I'm so used to just the reloading is automatic for me. It's just kind of like a, a thing that happens without me having to look at it. But uh, some guns, the reload doesn't match when the computer actually adds the ammo in. So like I'll keep reload canceling so that I can move to a new position faster or do something else, but I'll have no ammo in the gun because I canceled too fast. It's like, Oh, the magazine was in, but it didn't click into place. So it didn't give you any ammo. And I'm like, you son of a gun. <laughs> I should have watched that. Um, so overall, like auto rifles, uh, I've been using a lot of Monte Carlo recently, basically because I'm just doing builds with you need your getting your melee back. Um, so it's going to be getting even better next season, which is which is good. Um, so I'm looking forward to the auto rifle buff more than the pulse rifle, in my opinion. All right, next up is glaze. Um, what is this past like five or six of buffing glaives here? Um, I think last that time was. I said it, if it like if this we worked it and they do the job to push them up people's priority list to use, I don't know if we ever will, but you know, here's me going regurgitating the same thing again. Um, they're really they're buffing them up again, uh, trying to get people to use these. It's just, I think Bungie and Neville let it, they're just waiting for the, the Glaive meta. They want everybody to have a Glaive in that, in that energy slot. So we'll get into it and see what happens. Um, overall, they're increasing the projectile speed by 30%, increasing the projectile damage in PVE by 25%. Um, but they did decrease the projectile damage in PVP so aggressive frames will do 123, adaptive frames 113, and rapid fires 101. Along with that, uh, the time the melee after firing the projectile was a very long time. It was at 0.75 seconds, and now it's going down to 0.2 seconds. So much easier to get that projectile off and then immediately melee right after. Building up the shield was always based on the projectiles hitting the t hitting a target, 
And now it's just going to be a gradual charge rate of 1% per second. Very similar to what how the, the rework done with swords. And they set up base sh glaive shield damage resistance to be uh, tiered in PvP. So base glaive shield damage resistance remains at 50%. And then damage resistance against primary ammo weapons and melee attacks have been reduced to 30%. So, um, basically everything about a glaive just got buffed, except for the melee damage. The one thing that I used a glaive for. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, if I when I go to the shoot a glaive projectile, I wanted to hit, hit very close to where a grenade launcher shot would if I impacted something. Um, which now we're getting very, very close to that number where I might actually might give these a shot next season. Um, there's been a couple pieces of hard content where I threw on a glaive just to try it out because getting the shield um, to block with to get a res off if I'm not running the Invis Hunter. And it's come nice every now and then. So this is a, you know, um, a call back to the Bill Simmons podcast. You know, glaives used to be in the poop vector of the weapons to be used <laughs> in the sandbox, and now they're barely usable, in my opinion. So they'll, they'll keep it over on the side eye. Um, snipers across the board, everything is getting buffed by 15% in PVE, and that includes exotic heavy sniper rifles. So whisper, it's an Aggie's burden. I love it. This is this is what I want to see. I'm glad to see this come. Um, overall, sniper rifles they they're make they're making small tweaks over the last three seasons, and not giving them one giant buff to shoot them to the top of the DPS meta. Uh, this is going to be very close though. So I think um, Whisper maybe with some surge stacking. You might be a one phase Oryx with Whisper of the Warm now a lot easier. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun to see. I know we got some exotic weapon changes. First up is Vex Mythoclass. Um, I feel like it got hit pretty hard when they brought down the RPM from 390 to 360. And maybe this will help bring it back up. So Miners and Red Bar Combatants, damage against them is getting buffed by 10%. Bosses damage to get by 25%. And then champions with the linear fusion fire mode is getting that damage buff of 200%. I really um, want you to use that in some GMs. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, fusion rifles this season has uh, unstoppable. Hopefully next season it also has something else. You know, I would love to see fusion rifles have overload. We haven't got to see that. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh, have they not had overload before? Not, not fusion rifle. Just on stop, huh? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Vision Zero. Um, it's gonna, they, they took some notes from Vex class and 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 gave it, a, you know, the Cliff Notes version to Revision Zero here, with it getting a hundred percent damage increase versus champions.
Uh, so that's also stacking on top of the 15, well, no, the 12 and a half percent that Paul Swiper was getting across the board. So, you know, if you're not doing the seventh shield mission this season, uh, you probably should get prepared for next season whenever this gun with that intrinsic anti barrier uh, is probably going to come at least and play at least one GM because one of these seasons they're going to mess with us and only give us like sidearm anti barrier. And then. <laughs> And then you don't have to use all these exotics and type barrier, you know, like we're probably using anyway. So most GMs, but yeah. What all Ariana's bow? Yeah. Wish Enders, right? Yeah. Wish Wish Enders is probably my go to. Mm -hmm. All right. um, It's about damn time here that Thorn is finally getting its catalyst and we're getting the details of what it is. Hopefully, another ornament to go along with it to make it like ornament number six. I feel like everyone has, you know, four or five of them already. Um, picking up a remnant, now we'll overflow the magazine and you can overflow it up to 40, 40 rounds. Uh, the catalyst will also add 20 range, 10 stability, and getting kills or picking up remnant grants additional range, handling, and mobility. Uh, I do see a lot of use out of this coming. Necrotic Grip, Warlocks, uh, I think it would be a nice pairing for this. Um, If you thought I was done talking about Glaives, you were wrong. Sorry about that. (laughs) We're going to talk about them again. So this time we're talking about the class glaives. Um, man, talk about dead on arrival. Probably one of the lowest used exotics that they put out uh, in an expansion, in my opinion. So I'm going to buff them up here, give them a rework. So overall, all class glaives uh, will grant one ammo whenever you activate the perk. So you can use it even if you're out of ammo. And no longer... It no longer passively drains shield energy when you special reload to activate the perk, and it's no longer deactivated by reloading or stowing the weapon. I think that is very nice about you can load that extra that special shot and stow it. Uh, Warlocks, they change the effect of the healing turret projectiles to grant cure and to provide restoration, increase the area effect to eight meters. To, so nearby allies would be uh, healed. And then they increase the magazine size from four to five. So Fox, as a as a warlock main, how do you feel Dude. about <laughs> You want to hear the most embarrassing thing of all time? I had this thing forever. Can't really figure out how to use it. Like it's not very intuitive. Like the way you have to like activate the the special shot and all that, like it, it, it would almost have to mess up every other keybind that you have in order to make that thing usable. Yeah. Or I'm, or I'm stupid and thirty-five. Like it's, it's one of the, one of those two things. But it does not feel good to play. Like I like the idea of it, but oh well. Like if you're trying to run a Sunbracers build, you can't even do the Sunbracers melee attack. Because you have a glaive out. You can't do your power melee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> I feel like warlocks have like pretty important melees depending on your build. Like I mean, stasis is a very good melee. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if this gets some action uh, starting next season. I, I think the healing tur turrets can be very good in a tight spot. Yeah, right, next I, up. I the 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 boots of the assembler though are so brain dead. And they do the same thing with every rift. So the, the, the good thing is adding the, the radius for it and adding restoration to it is going to be, is going to make it actually like, Oh, okay. I could, you know, mess around with this and in like a strike playlist or just, just to, just to mess around, like doing like some lost sectors, see if it's actually pretty viable there or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I would definitely give uh, the Titan one a shot. Yeah, so the Titan here, uh, passing through the bubble now grants a bonus to reload, speed, handling, a small amount of stacking bonus damage in addition to the overshield. And then reduce the health of the bubble from 8,000 to 2,400 to account for the increased uptime and improved effects. It's just tiny bubble. Tiny bubble. Literally, yeah. now it's just... Tiny bubble with tiny bubble effects. And it's like that. Hey, man, that's cool. <laughs> yep. I ain't going to knock that. Yeah, I think back to those times when, like, Crow was smacking us around on that on that contest mode. And like, we was able to put out a little healing turret and uh, maybe one of these little mini bubbles every now and then from this. It might have helped a touch, maybe, keep a couple of us alive. Yeah, if 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 we weren't using lament, if we all had that one the mm -hmm. the uh, deep stone sword request, yeah, that would have been actually that could have been actually the play. But hey, hindsight. Yeah. All right. Um, edge of concurrence. Yeah, bequest bequest was garbage until they started damage testing, like after the raid. It wasn't like people were out chasing bequest for damage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's a little... People doing it to check a box. Yeah. And then it just so happened that it not breaking for a heavy attack and it proccing surrounded was just good enough to beat everything else. Yep. All right. Uh, the Hunter. Uh, Lightning Seeker now jolts targets on impact and then reduce the direct hit damage of Lightning Seeker to account for the free ammo granted. Um, it's like, okay... Uh, I know there's a couple things out there now with hunters. That if you get jolt going, it, it buffs you up. I'm thinking a lucky raspberry. I have tried that a bit, and um, get to throw a lot of grenades. But um, as like arc goes for hunter, arc is probably as of right now it's third. I'll say solar is one. Uh, boy two. Arc three and then stasis. Uh, strand is can be good, but I think strand is you know it's down there with it's in the lower half uh, in PVE right now for in game. All right, next up is a it's a big nerf, and um, after using Necrochasm for a couple weeks, this was needed, and that's Osteostriga. It's finally getting hit. Um, it's ad clear potential, which is so easy. You don't need a precision kill. You don't need a kill, then a reload. Like You instantly start putting poison damage out whenever you lay into a target. 
It's got more range than any other SMG. So um, they remove the SMG bonus scaler to the effect of poison damage. And this brings Shriga poison down to match standard narcotic grip poison. Uh, though as an exotic, it will still deal 40% bonus damage against Myers. So it's still going to act clear very, very well. But like it, go use Ostrich Trigger for two strikes. And then if you do have Necrochasm, like go use Necrochasm for two strikes. And you're just going to realize how much better Ostrich Trigger is <laughs> than the latest uh, raid weapon. So. Uh, Salvation's Grip, uh, they place the speed limit on a detonation when damaging stasis crystals. This will help prevent the detonation from being able to shatter too many crystals on a single frame, which would sometimes kick the player to orbit with an arrow code. <laughs> so, Good thing nobody uses that weapon. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Winter Bright. You know, Glaives has came up again. I think this might be the last time, I hope, but the heavy glaive. Uh, increased detonation damage of the large projectile by 25%, and then self-damage blast radius has been halved, and self-damage has been reduced. You'll be able to use, go double glaive next season and put out more damage and have more shields and, and all that good stuff. All right, so we got some perks here we're going to talk about. Uh, Danger Zone, we've made a small change to how Danger Zone works on the rocket launchers, and you can now and you can figure it out for yourselves next season in season 23. A heavy grip, heavy grip. They discovered that somehow it was it was making you take more flinch, and this was not intended, so they removed it. Precision instrument, the difference between precision instrument and the enhanced version was barely noticeable. Uh, so now they changed it from a max stacking bonus of 26% to 30% for the enhanced version. Kinetic Tremors. Um, uh, it's kind of like hit and miss depending on your archetype. They kind of wanted to fix that a little bit. So Pulse Rifles, the, the amount of bullets it takes, it's going from 12 down to 11. Enhance is now going from 9 to 10. So it's actually going up by one. Um, for the enhanced and then non-burst sidearms is getting reduced from 12 to 8 and then the enhanced version is going from 9 to 7 so for all you sidearm buzzard loving people out there that grinded for one of those you can have fun alright in the future there's going to be bow tuning and PvP and additional weapon tuning and checkmate uh, aimed at Promoting, uh, promoting better diversity of weapons. I imagine it's very high in hand cannons right now, so there's Johnny Two Sticks are um, getting upset. Um, Necrochasm is going to be getting a buff, and then also buffs to Truth, Colony, and Dead Man's Tail. And then Heavy Grenade Launchers will also get a, substanti a, a substantial inventory So that's it for season twenty-three weapons uh, from from Bungie and what to expect whenever the season kicks off. As of now, uh, you know, every now and then, a couple of weeks, stuff will trickle out. There's like, oh, we left out this one perk or left out this one weapon we was meant to talk about. 
Um, so maybe we get something then a toyed here or there about 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 weapons, but this is basically it. Um, you know, just just taking a, a look at this right now. That um, overall shakeup to my my main use right now is maybe Thorn like gets more play just overall on my character because like I think right now it just stays in the vault. I probably will try it in PvP. I might use it in PvE. Maybe just depending on what hand cannon champion mod is is next season. Anything for you all to just going to change up what you have on your character heading into next season? No, not really. I mean, uh, using auto rifles a little bit more just to just to play with them, but I already use them plenty on uh, on my Titan for sure. Um, so not too much. I'm going to obviously try out each of the glaives, the exotic ones and, and see if they're fun. Um, but otherwise not really too many changes for me. Uh, I'll probably try out Vex, Thorn and the snipers. Those are kind of the big ones I thought. All right. We are moving on to the twit. And um, make sure you pay attention, boys and girls, because it'll be over quick. Um, from Orbit, you are going to be able to access your vault now um, just sitting in Orbit. So this is just a quality of life change. That's good for everybody that doesn't play on PC. Um, like I, I'm continuing to be using Shift-Tab and pulling up DIM on, on Steam and moving my stuff that way. Um, I hope it's easy to use for everybody out there that doesn't have that ability and it, and it improves the, the console player's life. Uh, ghost mod costs are going, are going down. And um, basically it is once you to fill out all those mod slots. Because right now I have six of them taken up by plus 12% XP. And then either whatever activity I'm doing, I'm trying to get the extra drop and Unless I know I'm about to get an exotic to drop, then I'll switch it over to focus, resilience, recovery, strength, discipline, whatever one I want. Um, Rahul, you're going to be able to downgrade some materials, but only a few per week. So you can take one enhancement prism and break it down to 10 enhancement cores. And that's going to cost you 2,500 glimmer. You can take a Cinder Shard, break it down to 10 Enhancement Prisms. Also an Alloy, do the same thing. You can take five Enhancement Cores and make one Enhancement Prism. Yeah. You can only do this three, four weeks. Listen, this is, uh, this, this twit, they really, really gave us a lot. <laughs> Why didn't they just save this stuff on Wednesday for the twid? On yeah, Thursday. Well, they they like to do the dev insights as a separate whole separate thing, um, and I understand your point. But they do use it as like, a, well, we did a dev insight, so we don't really have to do much of a twid. And it's like, well, I mean, I I guess I get it. It's I don't agree with it, but yeah. whatever. And uh, last but not least, don't let people play on your account like recubs. Because uh, bad people steal your information and then 
they uh they take your login that's for your account and then try all of this other stuff the login and uh still your identity and that's not something that you want to have to deal with and then they get like 10 or 15 accounts that they've recovered and use those as their cheat accounts because it's faster to use cheats than it is to play legit so just don't do it it doesn't matter if you're i believe it said if your fingers weren't on the keys whenever it happened it still doesn't matter it's under your account so uh just pretend that your bungee account's your social security number and uh don't be handing it out to anybody All right, that moves us on to three likes and three dislikes for the week. Um, I'll go ahead and get us kicked off here. Uh, my like is going to be Bungie talking about season 23. Um, you know, there's no better season than the next season when it comes to, comes to Destiny 2. So, um, <laughs> just looking to what story's going to bring. Looking forward to that dungeon. Hopefully, they are. Uh, you know, it's a, a good mechanics dungeon and not just a huge sponge pool to just dump bullets into when it comes to the bosses. So, uh, my like was that <clears throat> was able to unlock the necrochasm uh, this week. Still haven't fired a bullet so, through it, but I have it. So proud of you, Ryan! I can't wait till we get you the uh, the 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 catalyst. Um, for me, my like is being done with Festival of Lost. Um, I just need to do one one legend on Earth, and then, and then, uh, I have that whole thing done. I already have the memento. I have all those done. I guess I need some candy, but that's not really Festival of Lost at all. Did all the pages, did all that stuff. I'm like, cool. I'm done. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> um. So that was nice to get that get that out of the way, except for the candy, you know, uh, getting, I guess, AFKing whoever wants to through the candy while I make my way through it. Um, but my dislike is is it's it's finally, since I finished Best of the Lost, I got back into season mode-ish because I'm done with that too. And I'm like, we have spent, since Season of the Hunt, building up Zevo Roth's presence in our solar system and instead of kicking her butt we just lock her lock her little teleportation gate and say no no you have to physically come here now um so we won't see her for a while and i really wanted to just smack her real quick and then kick her back into her throne world but uh whatever we'll have to wait for another year after building it up since, like I said, season of the hunt is the first time Zivu was actually in an area. So it's been a long time of build up for that. I'm mad about it. Well, it's gotta be a reason for you to purchase the episodes after. Yeah. You know, yeah. After the, so the final shape. Um, Yeah, so my dislike for the week is how slowly progressed the you got you go through the festival of the lost activities while wearing a mask. I was sit down and I played like five games of uh, Team Scorch. I was like, okay, 
Both of them get like 5% per game. No, it's like 2 to 3% per game. Um, and I'm like low, I'm like at 52%. So we'll see how this weekend goes and uh, how many games I want to play. If team scores, I don't know how many you get in Gambit. Maybe I'll try Gambit. If I'm getting like 5% per in Gambit, maybe I'll play a handful of Gambit games to help progress a little bit faster. And my dislike is <clears throat> I'm not having very good luck on my Crota pattern red border drops. Oh, I wish those would pick up a little bit. All right. Um, that's it for likes and dislikes this week. Again, we do that based on balance. You know, we won't say things that something happened in this week that you liked and some reason that you didn't like. All right. Next up is Gambling Corner. Fox, what's going on? So, uh, Gambling Corner, my favorite segment. Uh, each season, we start with 10,000 Glimmer. We make bets every week. And if you ever bankrupt in Glimmer, then you must offer a weapon for sacrifice to be sharded to the other two members of the podcast. The winner gets to give punishment to the two losers. So... Uh, last week, our bet was total amount of fire team deaths in our next Crota's End raid. And Jared was all in at this point. And Jared bet 15, Chad bet 13, I bet 12. And I think we had 33 when I counted it up. Uh, he know, had uh, to have paid off Shifty. Something happened yes. there. Yeah, that that's the I, that's usually more than we have in three raids. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but either way, Jared wins. And I believe that takes Jared to 4.5 yep. total. That takes me to 1.5 total. So I have to win this week or something's getting deleted. So you have and... six. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, six. I yeah, you lost 1.5. Man, yeah. I... Yeah. Oh, I, I was looking at the wrong <laughs> looking at the wrong part. That could have been bad. Could have been bad. And Chad's smashing us chad is mine and jared combined doubled so yeah it's rough so uh we got to start cranking out some gms here at some point uh so you guys want to do gm time gm kills or gm deaths oh let's do time I want to go last. Or wait, who's lowest? Jared? Jared can go last. Chad has to go first. For time? Yeah. Um, and we're we're not deciding which GM we're doing next right now. No. Nope. No. Okay. 33. 33 minutes. I'll say... 3515 I know we got a couple battlegrounds to do I think it's three battlegrounds to do actually and the other one is three battlegrounds and lightblade 
Yeah, and Lightblade. That that's pretty close. Y'all's time there is <laughs> uh, uh, good. Um, I went over it all last time just to cover it, but I think we'll move through something here faster than we think. So I'll go. I'll go thirty-two minutes. Thirty-two. All right, there we go. Closest to time on next GM. Ryan at 35.15, you said? 35.15. Jared at 32, and and Jadok at 33. Once again, right in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it rolls. That's that's how you got to do the winner to make it so he's not a winner no more. Whatever it takes. I believe in you guys. Oh, we're doing what we're doing, 1,000? I'm scared. Uh, Do 2,000. Two, okay, 2K empty. There it is. All right. I think that takes us to the war section. Chad, what do you got for us? All right, moving the lore. So like I said, the uh, the book Tales of the Forgotten, I said this in the pre-show, is one long story. So I'm going to do it like that. One story. Um and we'll see how see how far into it we can get or we can bring it back in the future. But uh gonna start off chapter one. The Tower Bazaar was beginning to wake with activity as Ido sighed and placed her data pad on the table in front of Crow's ghost. Glint, this research on the hall between has me thinking about stories. The ones that evoke fear, the scary ones, as you've said. Like the ones about the drowned captain, Glint asked. Exactly. My father told me not so long ago that odes are for hatchlings, but throughout our research on the hall between and the headless ones, I've discovered that people of all ages and backgrounds enjoy these tales of dread, regardless of their academic merit or accuracy. So I'd like to make something similar for people to enjoy. I want to try writing my own. That's a wonderful idea. What will you write first? Well, I'm not exactly sure. I need some inspiration. Oh, I'd love to help. Now, the first thing to know about scary stories is that sometimes nothing is as scary as the truth. The room Eris had stuck Imaru in was minuscule. There was no windows to watch the hours and days pass, no electronics to hack, just containers of decommissioned armor stacked against the far wall and one small empty crate in the middle of the room adorned with handwritten sign that simply said, You, and an arrow pointing menacingly downward. It was placed there as a warning after he was caught lurking around more sensitive areas of the tower. Akora had confiscated his shaded shell disguise and placed a hidden agent somewhere outside to report on his every move. She did, however, leave some blank crossword pages for him. Imaru stared at the crate, emitting a low-pitched growl as a lone sweep robot entered, surprising the ghost. He circled, then scanned his random, unexpected visitor. It was standard issue, nothing special. Amaru was disappointed. I still can't believe Savathun would do this to me, Amaru said to the bot as he flew directly at its face. The nerve of it all, leaving me here as collateral, and then to ask for information? He watched the bot shuffle away and broom the open crate. Then again, who says I have to share everything? Amaru swooped around, quickly hacking into the Sweeperbot systems. Grab an empty kit bag from over there. Should be just the right size if I remove a little weight. As the bot complied, Amaru chuckled, shedding his standard hive shell. Right, time for a jailbreak. 
After a few arduous attempts and one superbly acted sob story told to an incredibly gullible ghost, Imaru eventually sauntered off in a new constricting shell. In his latest disguise, he skulked through halls and hangars and workshops, scanning everything and anything he could, finding on his way to the courtyard. Though, there he hovered among the gnarled branches of a giant tree, nearly invisible among the colorful lanterns adorning it. He watched guardians meditate among candles, the flames flickering the breeze, others dressed as insects and arachnids gleefully danced or bobbed for apples, their revelry flanked by a pair of guardians galloping up with coconut shells. Amid the flurry of costumes and masks, his gaze finally settled on people sharing a small, wrapped objects. Umaru gingerly floated closer to the base of the tree to get a better look. Hey, move along, pal. I saw this, that candy first, a voice sneered from behind him. I called dibs on that candy. Don't make me say it again. Amara turned to see another ghost as she made a beeline for the candy on the ground beneath him. You, what are you wearing? You dipped your shell in human food? Amaru spat. The other ghost sighed. It's a caramel apple shell, you dolt. If you know anything, you'd recognize how special it is. Looks sticky. It's a delicacy. Note the elegant ornamentation of crushed toffee bits, she said and spun around. If you haven't lost your self-respect yet, allow me to lose it on your behalf, he shot back. Her iris narrowed as she fixated on Amaru's shell. I'm surprised your guardian didn't dress you up like a lemon, she scoffed. I ain't got no guardian, Amaru sniffed. The other ghost bobbed towards him. Wait, you're unpartnered too? I knew there were more of us out. Happy Festival of Lost, friends. Oh no, Amaru and the other ghost groaned in unison as they faced a cheerful glint. The toffee-covered ghost transmitted away the second she heard Glint's voice. Unfazed, Glint approached the snake-covered ghost, determined to make a new friend. Hello, stranger. Are you enjoying the festival? Glint asked. Get lost, Amaru snarled, and Glint jumped back in surprise. Amaru, you be quiet, will ya? I'm uh, trying to en enjoy the festival incognito, Amaru whispered. Glint quietly stared back for a moment. You broke out of Eris's crate, huh? I was in a room, not a crate, Amaru replied tersely. I wasn't waiting to be let out again on good behavior. I'm my own ghost. Then you should join me and I do. I do. No. But we're collecting inspiration for scary stories, starting with our research on the headless ones in the hall between. Headless what? Headless ones. Giant pumpkin-headed enemies that guardians have been fighting. They're mysterious monsters filled with candy. Fighting the guardians. Hmm. In that case, I'd love to hear what your little fallen friend has to say about them. Ido sat in the tower's bazaar beneath the afternoon sun, comfortably situated at a table with a full pot of tea. She gazed intently into her cup, her research and data spread out around her. Ido, Amaru is going to Ido? Why are you staring at your tea instead of writing? Glint peered at her in confusion. I was going to write, but then I discovered the art of tessiomancy while following an old research lead, she said, her eyes never leaving her cup. Apparently, it's a method of discerning things yet to come by assessing patterns within the leaves and sediment. I was looking for monsters, not tea, Amaru growled. Ido's eyes squinted. This pattern looks like Commander Zavala knitting with Empress Keitel, Glint exclaimed. Ido watched as the leaves swirled around in the tea, the shape of a ragged claw, a sharp chill suddenly settled deep within her. No, it's Finch with a lucent knight. No, Hunter. No, wait, he's hugging Savathun. Glint called out again. Why did I think for one second this was going to be worth my while? Amaru muttered and left. Forget the tea, Glint said. I got something better. He transmitted a set of objects onto the table. Ido gasped. The deck of whispers you stole Eris's cards? Borrowed. Glint. 
What? I left a note. Ido shivered as she conjured the image of high-vaulted Eris in her mind. It's too dangerous. She quickly pushed the cards away, but Glint nudged them back. I heard that Eris consulted the deck to gain information or make decisions. I thought we could use it to inspire your writing. Let's just try. How hard could it be? Ido sighed and picked up the cards, shuffling them with her four hands in the flamboyant style the drifter taught her. How many cards? She asked. Try three. And when I watched Eris, she had to ask the cards a question. Ido thought a moment. What kind of danger would be threatening enough for a scary story? Ido cut the deck in half. She felt a surge of energy as she selected the first card. The Harbinger. Wait, I've got a better one. What kind of dangerous situation should be happening right now? Glenn, I don't think we should. We need to write about a true story. This is exactly how we do it. Ido closed her eyes, feeling energy surge in her hands again, and then continued. The Lie. Three of Worms. She opened her eyes and studied the cards. Eris can be, well intimidating she admitted pointing at the harbinger card no no the cards aren't literal it's a metaphor the harbinger and the lie that means the spirits of the dead are like lost leaves in the wind and wandering the earth but the lie is upside down that wouldn't make sense it's right side up to me because you're on the opposite side of the table it's my reading oh yeah then they aren't lost they have a purpose they seek revenge against the living by changing us into headless ones with paracausal worm power Ido pondered the cards. Actually, I was thinking that solitude and being isolated can evoke terror in both humans and Elixni. Perhaps my scary story could include that? Glint shrugged. Hmm, not bad. I still like mine better. Maybe try it again. Ido nodded and swept up the cards and shuffled once more. The colors of dusk were already painted in the sky beyond the last city by the time Glint approached Crow, stationed at the outskirts of the tower. Crow, you'll never believe what happened today. Ido and I were talking. I mean... We talk a lot, but today about the headless ones, and then she got the idea to write a scary story, and that Ida was going to write, but then she didn't. I mean, she did, but first tea. I didn't help. So then we, uh, I borrowed Eris's deck of whispers. The cards were incredible. No wonder Eris Glint stopped and saw Crow's gaze following a squadron's contrails in the far distance. Glint, I, uh, I didn't see you there. Did, did you say something? Just that I'm here if you want to talk. Glint leaned against his guardian's shoulder, and Crow reached up. Maru materialized again in the corner of the courtyard, not far from the bust of Cade Six. He continued his studies, watching guardians obediently crowd through around a human with more candy. Lots of candy, in fact. Her laughter pealed like mesmerizing bells as she bestowed her confections, the guardians seeming to respond to her every command. Subjugation by sucrose, Imaru thought to himself, much less messy than the hive way. Huh, what I wouldn't give to try it out myself, he chuckled out loud at the thought. An oblivious titan stopped directly in front of him, adjusting his giant chicken mask with one hand while cradling a mound of confections in the other. A chicken charged the titan. He gasped and quickly dropped his bounty of candy in front of the ironwood tree, hands outstretched in a semblance of surrender. The chicken feverishly flapped her wings and mercilessly pecked his feathers, his fingers. Colonel, it's me, it's me, the titan cried out in agony, trying to yank his mask loose. I'm not a chicken. Mask wedged askew, the titan ran and frantically barreled straight through Amaru. The ghost slammed into Colonel with a solid thud. The chicken focused her rage on Amaru and snapped at his shell. She found purchase on the silver snake decoration and clamped down. Let go, Amaru yelled, wishing he had his hive shell to swat the bird away. He sped through the courtyard toward the hangar, but Colonel had a strength of a titan, the finesse of a hunter, and the cunning of a warlock, and held on the whole way. Anna Bray passed through the courtyard, her mechanical dog at her heels. Happy festival of the lost, Ava. Oh, Anna, dear. 
Ava called back and held out a small package. I thought Archie deserved to celebrate the festival in style with his costume this year. Anna gasped softly with delight as and unfurled a tiny cloak. Look at you, Archie. I always knew you were a hunter at heart. She bent to secure the cloak just as a ghost came zipping in from the direction of the hangar, a rage-filled chicken hanging off his shell. Archie's cloak flapped over the ghost's eye. Unable to see, the ghost skipped and skidded along the floor of the courtyard, landing in the abandoned pile of candy beneath the ironwood tree. Colonel's beak shook loose on impact. She expertly bobbed and weaved around the candy, her pecking focused on the ghost's eye. Mechanical barks sounded among the candy wrappers. Amaru saw a flurry of feathers fly past. Eventually, the squawking faded into the distance. Amaru sat motionless until he felt the dog's nose nuzzle softly against him. Only then did the, fl the flustered ghost emerge from hiding. Ah, look at that. Archie saved that little ghost from Colonel's wrath. What a good little hunter. A guardian cooed. Amaru watched in awe as every guardian in the courtyard simultaneously forgot about the candy, their attention devoted exclusively to the dog. Incredible, he mused with fascination. Amaru eventually found Archie again, sleeped and curled in a, on a blanket in the, access, in the annex. Ghost approximated a guttural sound of clearing one's throat, and the dog opened one eye. You know, after the whole chicken thing, I saw what you did up there, to those guardians in the courtyard. The way you had them wrapped around your little uh, paws. You've got a gift, Amaru said, and I could really use your help. Archie tilted his head, listening. Right now, those guardians don't care about anything else besides candy. It's controlling them, and they'll do anything for it. So we gotta get control of it instead. Archie growled. Not to hurt the guardians, Umaro said. Feigned sincerity dripped in his voice. Just to help them. You wanna help Anna, don't you? Keep her safe? Archie processed for a moment, then barked in agreement, sealing their pact. So it looks like we're following uh, Glint and Amaru's adventures on uh, on this. And uh, Glint's mission is to come up with scary stories with Ido. And Amaru's is to take control of the Guardians with, well, now a dog. But we'll see what happens next. Dude, Amaru's quickly become the most annoying NPC in the game with this Halloween event. <laughs> Like, <clears throat> never do that again, Bungie. Like, <laughs> we'll have complete silence than what was been going on. All right, ready for the mailbag? Yeah. Yep. One question this week. We've, we've teased it for a couple weeks now. It is time for the snake draft of Halloween candy. Now, the way I understood this, and I need to know before we start, this is the candy that would be put in your bucket as a child, correct? Yeah. This is Halloween candy, trick-or-treating. <clears throat> this isn't like candy as adult. You can go buy a bag of at the Walmart. But right. the candy that would be put into your bucket or bag. Do you want to do the Mountain West War? Yep. Method. Okay. Yep. What should I go first? Yeah. Are Are you writing this down, Jared? Yep. Okay. Um, I think 
as as Ryan would say it, pronounce it, Reese's. <laughs> yep. The clear right? number That's one right? pick. Yeah. The clear number one overall pick. Uh, Fox, you want to go ahead and have me go? Yeah, go ahead, man. Um, Chad, how would how would you say it? Just out of curiosity, Reese's. Uh, but how would you say, uh, you know, the real small ones that were on ET? Reese's pieces. <laughs> Reese, Reese's pieces. You call those Reese's pieces? That's how you pronounce the word pieces, isn't it? That's not. I've never called them that. So you when you when you're talking about a, a PC of something, it's that's how you pronounce it. Like hand me <laughs> no, that I'm PC of pie. You, I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just telling you that I always called them Reese's pieces. Yeah. Like my entire I'm, life. I believe you. Never believe you. never really put I'm, much thought into it as to why I call it that. <laughs> I'm I'm, that's I'm fairly confident you can go back and find like a commercial and they, they say Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. Yeah. You probably could. Um, I would have to go like looking back. Um, when I was younger, the the little single mini Twix, the little small ones. Oh. I was so excited to get one of those. Yeah. So I'll go with yeah. go with Twix. Going with Twix. So I got to go back to back here. I think you have to go. Snickers, yeah, and this might be a bit of a reach, but I I don't think so. I think all the all the real all the real candy heads out there appreciate a good old Kit Kat. That's a good one. That's a good pick. That's a good okay. one. I, I I did Kit Kats, especially like. The the Halloween ones, where you get the two bars and you like split them yeah. in your mouth, where you just like put the whole thing. Yeah. In the, yep. Yep. Um, I'm gonna have to go a little bit more sugary of a candy here. Um, I have to go with Nerds. Okay. Yeah, the little boxes, the little boxes. Yeah, and you just do the shot. What was, what you was your first thing again, Jared? Twix. Twix. That's right. Okay. Are we being mean yeah, to each nerds. other's picks, or are we being nice? Are we being contentious? I'm, no, I'm being honest. Like, I like all these things, man. Nerds, um, nerds the, wouldn't uh, have been on my top ten, let alone my top four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if they ended up in my in my little little bag, I'd I'd be down with it. I don't really think I would go out of my way to buy them at like in a uh, like a gas station or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I got if someone handed them to me, heck yeah, I'm I'm eating I'm eating that whole box right then and there. Um. Okay. So for me. Ooh, I'm going back to back too, huh? Yep. Um, okay, I'm going the sour punch singles. You know, like they they have like the little and they're, they're individually wrapped sour punch straws. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A little sour candy in here. The sour punch straws um, is what you took. Is that basically yeah, sour yeah. punch straw? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. What next? Snickers, Kit Kat, Twix, Reese's. So all the good chocolates are gone. <laughs> there might be a couple still um, out there. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a couple of them. Um, 
let's go with let's go with some some uh some because they have small packets of of these here i'm pretty sure they got them over there but like little gummy worms oh yeah yeah okay because they have the smaller packs of those yeah um this next candy i don't think i've had since i was probably 11 or 12 and, and that's a warhead you got those Ooh. super sour warheads that you could get, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, what are, what are my two picks so far? I got Snickers, Snickers and Kit Kat. Snickers and Kit Kat. Yeah. All right. Um, I think I am going to go. Milky Way. Yeah. Okay. And then, so here's the deal, <clears throat> Chad. You picked the wrong sour candy. The answer is Sour Patch Kids, not Sour <laughs> Punch Straws. See, I, I was forced to eat Sour Sour Patch Kids growing up, so I can't stand them. Okay. Like if someone hands them to me, I'll give them to someone else. I can't do it. Like that was my stepdad's favorite candy. So they were always gotcha. around and he would just like hand them gotcha. to me. He's like, Hey man, here's some candy. Here's some candy. Here's some candy all year long for years. And I'm like, I, I hate this candy so much. <laughs> give me any other sour candy, but I do agree with you. It's a huge crowd pleaser. Yeah. And, and yeah. The issue is, Okay. I don't know if I should. There's a another premier chocolate that is available. Like I know a I, top I thought tier, of it after. Yeah. A top tier chocolate. So you're deciding but between I have those? three I have three other chocolates. There's also okay. a top tier <clears throat> sweet. So I'm between M&M's and Starburst. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, cuz they have those little two-pack <laughs> Starburst. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes those two packs turned into two yellows. So I, I like yellow, what man. I what I'm gonna say is, since this is my fourth pick, I can I feel like I'm pretty comfortably in the lead. I'm gonna go Starburst. <laughs> he says that every time. Starburst again. <laughs> I I can't believe M&M's lasted this long. That's a major I know. oversight. I, I couldn't believe us. it after I said gummy worms and Jared started talking, I'm like, now, dang it, M&M's. Think about Starburst. When you open one of those up, and you might get red, pink, a double pink, a double red, an orange, pink, orange, yeah. red, double yeah. orange, like there is just, it's it's kind of like a little gamble every time you <laughs> every time you open one up. You're opening up that. And loop just think box. about think about that feeling whenever whenever you get. I got you a know, double the pink exotic to drop. <laughs> yeah, double pink. You know, God roll. So, I uh, I I mean right. I I've just transported myself back to whenever I was a kid and what I was excited to pull out of that bag. Yeah. And this last one, I don't know if they had it out in California. But, you know, and in the, in the you know, you're surrounded by tobacco in Kentucky. Yes. And you wanted okay. to smoke so bad. Because you always seen so many yep. people smoke it. So it's the candy cigarette. <laughs> Where you can blow yeah, on them and the smoke came out. Pack, dude. You just got a bunch of kids that's sitting out on the porch yep. <laughs> late at late yeah. Halloween night. 
<laughs> just sitting there with cans of soda, just talking yeah. junk about people walking by. Yeah, that sounds right. Wearing shirts right. with Joe Camel on it. Yeah. So I'll go with cool. I'll go with the peanut M and M's then. I think even as a child, you preferred peanut M&M's. I don't like chocolate. So chocolate needs to be accompanied by something for me to enjoy it. Like Reese's, it has peanut butter. Snickers has caramel and and Twix has the caramel and the candy. Like the plain chocolate M&M's, I can't can't eat too many of those. Like I'll eat a couple, but I'm like, if this isn't on a cookie or in a Rice Krispie treat, I don't want this. This is too Mm. much chocolate. So peanut M&M's were always my my jam. The other thing, we we need to talk about um, some honorable mentions. Yeah. So did we miss Skittles? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, we did. I think I both Jared them. and I ruled those out on our gas station <laughs> runs. Did we? Did we? Did we miss Tootsie Rolls? Um, I don't think we missed them. I think that was by design. Tootsie Rolls were the available. They're always available. Like they're not ones that you you go for first. You know. Okay, uh, we missed like the Hershey's or Hershey Kisses. Yeah. Missed those. Um, I had. That feels like more of a I Christmas always, time candy for me. Always kind of like the little hot tamales, mm. or the Fireball. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. The cinnamon yeah, yeah. candy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we missed all suckers. So, Dum Dums, Tootsie Roll Pops. Yeah. Um, we also missed uh, Smarties. Smarties is also a big Halloween candy. Dum Dums. I'm more of a crayon than a chalk kind of guy. <laughs> but I'll mess with some chalk. I'll eat, I'll eat that up, yeah. dog. Yeah. It helps. It helps. Uh, it helps when you're having um, heartburn. And then isn't there like those uh those sour apple uh, Oh the suckers, caramel, caramel apple suckers, apples, right? Yeah. Like I think I include big. that in suckers. Yeah, those yeah. are good though, yeah. I even talked about a caramel apple in the Lord. Dang it. <laughs> it was there. It was right there. All right. Vote who you think won. We'll get a graphic made at some point. <clears throat> Put it out. What we should have done is uh, just made terrible picks and just made it as <laughs> just like left just, off, like Snickers, left yeah. off. We like, didn't even mention the, like, the B tier chocolates, like Mr. Crackle. And like, oh, Mr. Crackle's not bad, though. Yeah. What about uh, oh, the Mr. white chocolate oh, Hershey's dude. or whatever? Cookies oh, and cream. Cookies and cream, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we sh- should have done one like left off like Reese's and all those <laughs> others. Like nobody picked it. Yeah, yeah, all the A tier, S tier candies are just these are no goes. Yeah, that maybe one of them gets picked though, so. in like the third or fourth round. And yeah, like near the end, it it's like, oh, I can't believe I forgot about this Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, last thing. Let's pick some numbers. All right. Let's do uh, 28. 
And I am going to go uh, 77. 77. It's on the third okay. roll. Roll one, roll two, and 80. Ugh. 80. If you had 80, congratulations. Somebody mm. will put that at the bottom so we can track it, the bottom of the rundown. But I that do. is the end of the show. Um, <clears throat> we'll be, uh, don't forget, Saturday, Dungeons and Dragons. So uh, should be fun. We'll stream it. I'll probably be either really sad or really happy based upon the outcome of the Kentucky football game. Um, oh, no. yeah. So <laughs> I might just be just absolutely miserable. <laughs> it's hard to tell. So uh, saying that, um, I'm going to let these other two guys sign off. Yeah, festival lost. Um, you got what, like 10 days left? So if you can't be putting much off for much longer if you want to get anything. And be ready to probably finish this actual lore book for this in the next two weeks. Follow us on Twitter at Destiny CC Pod. Go Cats. Fuck Tennessee. Love you guys. <laughs>